get that frivolity out of the way. Let's record a podcast. Levels, levels. Levels, levels. Hey, um, I, I can't believe we're missing the, the big match to record. It, this is the middle of July, Todd. There are no big games right now. Wait, wait. Hold on. You said match. Premier League hasn't started. Women's World Cup hasn't started. No. Is it America's Cup? Next year. Okay. So that ain't it. You know, I find myself saying this a lot in the cold opens, but uh, the hell are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, as everyone knows, it's the MLS All-Star game slash match tonight. MLS. Is Messi playing? No, he's not. Then that's false advertising. (laughs) He hasn't even played a game and he's still an All-Star, but... And if it's all stars, I mean, really, it's all star, but you know, right. they got one. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah. please, MLS all-star game. Yes. Okay. So my question to you is, can you tell me the format of this all-star match? Do they use a ball? They do. Yes. Is I was the... more, I was more thinking oh. like, uh, although, by the way, net, we'll get to that later. I was more thinking like East versus West, uh, U.S. versus international, like any of, you know, each each league has their own version of an all-star format. So I was just wondering if you're up on your MLS enough to know what the format is that they use. I think they should play 11-minute halves and every minute they take away a player. Oh, that's that's called Roman style? Or Hunger Games style? (laughs) No, no, no. That's okay. that's no, that's not how that works. Okay, so how how is it how is it designed? Well, you know how, you know, most leagues if if you've got 11 players aside, they they have like two teams of all-stars, but not MLS. They only have one team of MLS all-stars and they play another team. Do you want to guess by the way, it's not the Washington Generals. Do you want to guess who they're playing? Chelsea you are so close. Chelsea's actually playing Wrexham tonight, which is a statement that nobody thought would ever be uttered. You're you're in the same league. Tonight, it's the MLS All-Stars taking on the preseason summer tour team from Arsenal. I can't believe you didn't know that. Clear, clearly. Well, I guess that's two things that I learned this week. Oh. Thanks, Eli. Hi, toddlers. Welcome to Talking to Todd, the weekly podcast with Dwayne Johnson and Todd Prems, where failure is always an option. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? I am very, very tired. We'll get to that in travel stories. How are you? I'm, 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 I'm good. We, I mean, we started the podcast off with soccer content, so I know we're giving the people what they want. So you're tired. We started off with soccer. This thing is going to be a banger. <laughs> but well, by the way, speaking of the cold open, real quick, th- last night they they. They did a skills challenge 
right? To to give people more interesting things. Yeah. Best skills challenge I have ever seen. You know how, uh, I mean, some of them, you know, they have, the NFL used to have like the quarterback challenge where people would would drive around with golf carts and they, you know, the quarterbacks would try to hit the target or whatever. Last night they did, um, they had MLS um, skeet ball. So they put on the field a gigantic plastic, like a skeet ball, you know, with targets Targets. in the middle, in the corners, whatever. Yeah. And then, and then the player stood like 10 to 15 yards away. And then from either side, people roll the ball at them and they had to then hit the ball on the fly and try to put it into the scheme ball for points. And, And I'm thinking like, have you thought about doing this with the actual goal? Like, like, or at the beginning of the game, you flip a coin, regular net or ski ball net. Ski ball it is. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Goalies would hate. Oh, no, I don't know. Oh. I, I can't jump that high. <laughs> anyway, enough MLS all-star content. But it, it does lead us to feedback, follow-up, and updates. Yeah. And this also relates to the cold open. One of our newer listeners yeah. texted me this morning. I've been trying to figure it out and I've given up. Explain to me the thanks Eli reference. <laughs> so we will for anybody that has started listening. For example, uh, I learned a couple of weeks ago that Ty Weatherman listens, listens while he mows the lawn. If you're listening, Ty, hello. Shout out to Ty. Did <laughs> not know that Ty listened. During one of the Manning casts, Eli Manning told a story about getting the double bird from a fan in Philly, a, uh, I believe 12 year old fan in yes. Philly. And, and Eli didn't, Eli didn't just tell the story in case anybody didn't know what a double bird was. He, you, he, he flipped the double bird on ESPN on national television. So everybody could see it. Yes. And then looked at the producer and said, you can blur that out, right? (laughs) On a live show. (laughs) On a live show. So uh, that's where uh, anytime there are two of something. Thanks, Eli. Well, usually usually what that means is because we're on video, uh, we're flipping each other the double bird. If I'm I'm being honest. I mean, as soon as because we're 12 and as soon as one of us says something that involves the number two, then one of us has to do that. By the way, there is an alternate definition of what is thanks, Eli. Uh, Lisa would say it is a tired, played out thing that needs that should have ended more than a year ago and should be stopped at any point. Those definitions are not mutually exclusive, by the way. But but not everyone holds them because Todd and I disagree with that assessment. And for the record, so does Danny. <laughs> Quick real-time con- uh, correction, because at yes. some point we are going to listen to this. Um, you disagree with Lisa and... You are Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> no, I support Lisa in this, but for reasons that aren't, any cl- uh, aren't very clear... I was, I, I don't know how this worked out, but I was outvoted. It was one to two. Thanks, Eli. <laughs> so that was, that was Danny's feedback. Uh, sorry. Uh, give, give Danny up there. Uh, he also 
was going into the back catalog, uh, was listening to the Taylor Swift for Treasury Secretary. Yes. Edition. The reason Kramer has never been sued is because he's not licensed. <laughs> he's also the biggest in the financial industry. Now, here's I mean, the that's, thing. That's, that's saying something, though. I mean, that that's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, and that is that is a good company. I don't know. But so autocorrect sent me K-R-A-M-E-R. Yeah. Kramer has never been sued. And I went <laughs> giddy up. <laughs> On the other hand, is- I also believe from the last we heard of Kramer, I believe he was sued. But that's that's a different that's oh, a different I, story. Yes, yes, yep. I believe you're right. Yeah. Uh, clean show out of toddler number one. All right. Uh, from from Lisa, by the way, she is she because of her travel schedule and other stuff that happened. She is so far behind. Lisa hasn't listened to her own episode yet. So so there's some driving in our future. Uh, so there is probably going to be some of the back catalog. Oh, that could involve binging, which I have also been told we are bingeable. So shockingly, um, somebody else, JC, has been catching up and he showed me a screenshot of the podcast of our podcast that have filtered into his podcast feed. Interestingly enough, I don't know what algorithm his pod player is using, but he's around like there was like episode 87 episode 95 episode like 79 it wasn't in order and they were they were back a ways but he he was catching up on them and um i'm like i'm giving him a shout out now but at this rate he's not going to hear the shout out for probably another 18 months But he is like, binging them. He is binging them, and he said they are bingeable. At least you know when he's when he's out for his exercise. So there you go. Did you catch anything else? Uh, nope, that was it. Any? Um, actually, this week. No, none for no. me. Clean show. Okay, follow up. Hey, quick question. So you you bought a uh, you you bought a you got yourself a uh, electric bike. Does your bike have an app? Or like an electronic key of any kind to control features? No. Okay. All right. I thought of you this week because there is a Dutch bike maker, Van Moof, I believe, who who made $2,000 electric bikes. And they, they went bankrupt this week. <laughs> so there is some concern because they have an app. If you want to control the electronic shifting, you you like it will do electronic shifting on its own. But if you need to adjust like it for you, you have to use an app. If you want to control the lights and change what they do, you have to use an app. And for that app to work, there has to be you have to have the key. It's an electronic coded key for the bike for the app to work. So uh, another Dutch bike maker spent a day and had their app developers write an application for all of the people who have Van Moof bikes 
that if you install it on your phone before Van Moof goes out of business, it will get the key off of your phone and put it into their app. And they wrote an app to control the electric the electric bike of their competitor before that company shuts down and the app goes away. And then you can no longer change any of the settings on your $2,000 electric bike. And I was just thinking, hey, Dwayne, Dwayne, do you have an app? Is it still there? Are you sure? You'll see when you get here. My bike is a very, what's the word I'm looking for? Entry level manual. Mm. Well, it's not manual because it's electric, but there aren't a lot of bells and whistles. It barely has bells or whistles. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure if any bells and whistles, are they controlled by the app? But no. Okay. And also because I bought the floor model, the battery slides into the frame and locks in with a key. All right. A physical so, key. Yeah, to keep people from stealing batteries because that's a thing. Right. Yeah. Because I bought the floor model. Yeah. I don't have the key. Uh, okay. All right. So good news. No one can steal your battery. Right. Including you. Right. So that's good. <laughs> yep. Okay, well, that's, I mean, it's great, though, that has, because when you were describing it as sort of entry level, I was more thinking like your 1980s Panasonic bike with like a series of D batteries just shoved down (laughs) to. Yeah, that's, that's why it folds so that you can shove the D batteries up the middle of that frame. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What does it connect to? What do you mean connect to? It's got batteries. Yeah, but does it have an electric motor? Huh? Huh? What? Oh. Oh. No wonder why it was on sale. (laughs) We were at Amy's picnic, uh, office picnic at a family summer picnic on Sunday. And one of her coworkers, Chris also has an e-bike. And we were, we were talking about me riding on a rag bra and the fact that it weighs 65 pounds. And Chris says, my e-bike weighs 90 pounds. I'm like, oh, so I got the light model. Okay. <laughs> the sport model. Yes, sport. clearly. Thank you. Yes. With the extra suspension. Yeah. Yep. So it, I suppose it could be heavier, but if it were heavier, it would have a greater range. Mm. So you got. Well, m- maybe, right? Because the problem is, I mean, with electric bikes, you get in the exact same problem you get into the exact same problem that you get into with launching rockets, which is uh, you got to carry all the fuel to get it, to get it to go. And in order for all that, to the, all the fuel is weight. So you have to add more fuel, which adds more weight, which means you have to add more, more fuel, which adds more weight. And on this one, you make the battery bigger to add range, but by making the battery bigger, you have to add more battery just for the weight of the battery. And eventually you're like, it's now a 90 pound bike that can go five miles. I think I think we did that wrong. Why does my e-bike look like a Prius? <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> also, I get apparent. Well, this is the the show prior, immediately prior to Ragbri, so a lot of bike content. Yeah, yeah. I I discovered as I was riding this week. Yep. Training, relative term. Things that my bike doesn't have. Okay. A place to put a water bottle. 
Okay, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah you now, know we, why that's a problem? Well, because it's going to be hot. Like, yeah, have you looked at the forecast for next week? I, for a second, I mean, I, it was sent to me, and for a second, I thought that it was going to be, it was a cooler version of what we have here. So this week it's in the it's in the low to mid eighties. You said we should have ridden this week, right? And yes. and next week it's going to on the on the day that we are riding from Ames to Des Moines, the forecast high now is what? A hundred and one. Okay. That actually gets to be that's real temperature now. Okay. <laughs> and and what I will tell you is, I mean, and I'm assuming you're probably going to have more than 15% humidity. Yeah, I, you will probably have more than those digits reversed <laughs> is what you will probably have. So so now I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say this. Hey, by the way, though, it's going to cool off for the 80 mile day, though, right? Yeah, down to, down to 97. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. Okay. Dude, we're starting early. Yeah. Early. Yeah. Oh, the, the problem becomes, and I Todd happen to know this. Todd doesn't do early. Well, <laughs> that, that's problem one. <laughs> problem two. <laughs> Thanks, Eli. Is <laughs> once it, by the way, shout out that one. That one was for Danny. That's just, that was for Danny. Okay. The problem is when you get the really hot temperatures, the, the cool part of the day, like at 5 a.m., it is still cooling off. At 6 a.m., it is generally still cooling off. The, the coolest part of the day doesn't actually hit to like 6.30, almost 7 a.m., so yeah, we're gonna have to rethink our schedule here. I, I will say, I I went out this weekend and did uh, a couple of thirty mile rides, and I got a little later start than I wanted to. Uh, this weekend, it did hit one hundred and fifteen degrees uh, on Sunday. I was not out in one hundred and fifteen degrees, but by the time I finished my ride on Sunday, uh, and I got in the truck, uh, the truck said it was one hundred and one. By the way, uh, trails were wide open at that point. There was significantly fewer people. Um, there was a lot of lizards, but not very many people on the trail. <laughs> were, yeah. were there any lizard people? If, if, if I answer that question, I feel like we're going to have to post this video on Twitter. So uh, it just feels like a, like a political thing. Okay. So it's going to be hot. and. Back to this. When you say your bike doesn't have a place for a water bottle, does does it have places to put water bottle cages on it? Like, does it have the holes to put cages on it, or does it not have anything? It has nothing. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna need some water. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So, I feel I feel like this is the beginning of like a of a of a scene out of uh, Blues Brothers. It's 101. We have 50 miles. We have no water. We're wearing sunglasses and sunscreen. <laughs> Hit it. <laughs> Actually, no. Let's get pie. Yeah, let's get pie. Yeah, let's oh, get and, pie and a cold drink. Do you, do you have cold drinks? <laughs> I am good to go. <laughs> oh God. 
These are my these are my Facebook glasses. You see the little see the little cameras? Oh yeah. Look at that. Yep. Yep. So we will have video and audio next week. That was the last piece of feedback. Follow up hot damn updates before we get to the rest of the show. All right. Look at that. You've got you got a pair of glasses. You're like, we're good to go. Meanwhile, I'm assembling what looks like what NBC would send would send to cover the Super Bowl of tech gear here with a GoPro and an Insta360 and some wireless microphones and a and a and an Insta360 selfie stick and a drone and mounts for the bike and anyway we'll see we'll see what actually works. Is it bad if your entire mileage for training is less than one of the days? We're gonna find out. Let let me say this: it's not good. I'm in pretty good shape for my age group, which for the record is old. It's entirely possible. I, I'm now starting to think that the, the halfway point meetup towns are, we just on the maps, we just cross that out and call those the pickup towns. <laughs> just got to stay ahead of the sag wagon. All right. Oh. Should we move on to non regbri related stuff? Cause I think next week we're going to have, we're going to have more. We're going to have more. Oh, that's awesome. You know what? <laughs> that that's, that's not it. That's, that's not, not it. it. That's what is it. Could it be this one? Wayne Gretzky. Oh, I already used that one. <laughs> you already, you did. And you got that one right. Oh, yeah. This is actually a baseball item. Okay. Carl Yastrzemski. No. No. Right era. Oh. I suppose. I suppose. I, I, they played it. They overlapped. They overlapped. Okay. All right. Don Mattingly. Donnie Baseball. Yeah. In his career. Do you know how many grand slams he hit? Grand slams. Are we talking about on the baseball field or after the game when he went to Denny's? Because <laughs> I think the latter is probably a higher number than the former. Oh, yeah. Don, oh, he hits that. I yeah. mean, he just, he hits those <laughs> grand slams. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not wrong. <laughs> All right. Do you know, do you know how many grand slams? I will say five. You're, you're very cl You're close enough that I'm going to give you a bell because it was six. Okay. In his career. Uh, okay. So question number two, what were the most grand slams that he hit in a single year over a 13 year career? All right. Well, we know it's not seven. So, okay. All right. I can, I can work in, working right. down yes. from there. Yeah, working down from there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say he had a good year and he hit three in one year. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through his career. 1982, zero. 1983, zero. 1984, zero. 
1985, zero. 1986, zero. 1987, six. <laughs> oh, you had a good year. Which is a single season Major League Baseball record. And he never hit another Grand Slam after that. Wow. Okay. I uh, thought that for... was really interesting. And I thought it was something that Todd ought to know. I hope for his sake that that, that was a contract year. <laughs> huh. That would be a, that would be about right. I I will say this though, just I mean real quick not that he didn't have opportunities but being able to hit grand slam home runs is you have to take advantage of the situation but you are also dependent upon at least three guys in front of you getting on base not getting caught picked off caught stealing doing some sort of stupid base running error like you are dependent upon other people of getting like you can't just do that yourself but Wow. Okay. Good year for uh good year for Don. Yep. Yep. That hit my that hit my feed this week. I'm like, wow, that is really weird. That's a weird stat. <laughs> so I was so off by I was off by uh by a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you you got a bell on the first one. Yep. Yeah. Not, not on this one. Yep. No. Bell. I mean, admittedly, I was closer than most of your guesses on Dwayne guess a number, but, but this not wasn't wrong. Dwayne guess a number. Well, it no. was actually it was Todd guess a number. No, it was yeah. Anyway, anyway, they, no bell. They all they all get conflated at at some <laughs> point. Idiots. Time for the Scott Frost Memorial Idiot of the Week. Yeah. Yeah. This is hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna use an oldie but a goodie. I don't think we've used uh we've used Facebook uh as an idiot in quite a while. I mean we've we've moved on to all sorts of other stuff, but but you know, occasionally you just sometimes you just gotta play the hits. What's uh what's a Zuck man up to now? Well, I mean this has nothing to do with threads and the fight and all of that stuff. Turns out a couple of years ago, I had this tie. I had this teed up a couple times to talk about it, and I don't think I ever did. It turns out a lot of organizations, including people that handle sensitive information, a few years ago were using Facebook analytics to track what happens on their pages. Yeah, using something called I think MetaPixel, or that's the new one. Anyway, two or three years ago, a number of hospitals were caught using the Facebook analytics tool on pages where you request um, appointments or send messages to your doctor. So everything that you type to your doctor was being sent to Facebook, which who was then <sighs> using that and adding that to your profile. And when you scheduled appointments and you picked the reason for visit, those the t reason for visit is, is kind of like a diagnosis code. So um, your your name, your date of birth, all the information that is on that page from the hospital, all of that, including why you want to visit, all of that was then being sucked up by, by Facebook and then added into um, what they know about you so they can advertise. Okay. That would, that would explain why I've been getting all these ads for Ozampic, whatever the <laughs> hell that is. I think he hit three grand slams in 87. <laughs> If I, with the red, if I believe. Yeah. Craig Ozampic. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, even though that happened a couple of years ago, not everybody got the message that you shouldn't use this metapixel thing. They put it on the page so they can track. Oh, how's it doing? And and you can get that you can get information, but but Facebook just sucks all of it up. Anyway, it turns out that the Metropolitan Police in London have also been using uh, Metapixel. And yeah, it, it includes the records of browsing activity using the secure online form for victims and witnesses to report offenses. Oh, sweet Lord. It was also being used on... Uh, it's also being used if you click on a link to the page that the Met says you can securely and confidentially report rape or sexual assault. They were using the Metapixel tool on that page and harvesting all of the data of of people who were putting in their information about rape and extra, uh, sexual assaults. So anyway, idiots here. Co- yeah, confidentially, you keep using yeah. that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. No, yeah, no. Now, hey, good news for the Met. Anyway, so real quick, idiots of the week. All the people in the police IT who are using uh, Facebook tools to suck up all the data on confidential and secure web pages, and also for Meta for still making this thing available. So, by the way. In the uh, in the nominee for understatement of the year, the UK's data privacy watchdog, the Information Commissioner's Office, said the findings raised quote real privacy concerns. Ooh, sick burn! <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure there's been a more British statement this year. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. How about you? Uh, what do you have? Did you bring three this week? I did not. This one bring, was so. Did you, bring, did you bring two? No, I brought this one. Was one this? This was so stupid. It wiped out any other nominees from my side of the tote board. Did you hear about Morrisville State? No. Morrisville State is a Division Three football team in Morrisville, New York. They're debuting an all-black turf with white lines at their home stadium this year. I mean, bold, bold choice. Not playing any night games? They are not. There are, (laughs) they have four home games. They are all at noon or one. I mean, colored turf isn't a new idea. Idaho has the famous blue turf, right? The Smurf turf. The Smurf turf, yep. Yeah. Central Arkansas is purple and gray striped, right? I mean, so it, I mean, others have done this. Here's the thing. Turf by its nature is hotter than grass to begin with. Like like a lot. Like a lot like, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because instead of instead of grass and the dirt and everything under it, you have you it's plastic. Yes. And a, and, and rubber. And rub more plastic and rubber under it. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. That and thing's and just like a heat sink. Under yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. And then 
they put, and then they put black astroturf that all it does is absorb sunlight and heat. The all-black field, this was a story that was on Yahoo Sports. The all-black field feels like it could be a bit painful, if not actually dangerous, to play on, depending on the weather and the time of day. The university said it's aware of the added risk, and it will simply continue to monitor its guidelines. I mean, one of the things you have to worry about when playing on turf is turf burn, right? Which is why, like in the NFL, and you see on college, like they wear... It's almost like a like they stick on like KT tape. Their, yeah, onto their forearms so that they don't get turf burn. This is a whole other thing. <laughs> their statement. A heat policy was developed from the NADA best practices document and adjust adjustments are made as needed by monitoring the universal wet bulb globe temperature. Whatever the hell that is. Oh, oh, crap. Um, Todd, in 50 words or less, can you explain to our listeners wet bulb temperature? I can't explain it, but it is also used by FIFA to determine how hot it has to be for mandatory water breaks in professional football matches. They use the wet bulb temperature reading scale measurement okay don't i that i don't know what happens if you use the dry bulb i probably hurts i don't know (laughs) (laughs) anywho the mustangs will open their season on september 2nd at Keene university and they make their debut on the new black field on september 16th something tells me we're gonna have follow-up the stupid the stupid thing about this is i'm assuming this costs them more money yeah, not not that turf is naturally any color; it's plastic, but but the bulk of everything that gets produced is is green. So when they said, "You know, what we should do we should have a different color," I I can't imagine like when they said, "Hey, we looked on your website; there's no black turf," and the guy said, "Yeah, right. I mean, that's true." And they're like, "Yeah, we want that. <laughs> that's that's funny." <laughs> Oh, wait, you're, oh, you're no. serious? <laughs> Many people ask why we put a black field out there. We've asked, why not? Because it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Yeah, I anticipate follow up there. You know, you know, the only thing that would have been better Probably though, well, not better, but now what I'm interested in is somebody's going to look at that and somebody's going to go, I know what to do. And they're going to go to an all white field with black lines. And then this is going to get out of control. And the white on black is going to look like generic. So in the end zone, it's not going to have a team name. It's just going to say football. And football on one end, college on the other. Yeah. State. I was supposed to be, we're supposed to be recording tonight with me in Tampa. Yes. Yeah. Did you see Tommy? I did not see Tommy. Oh. I did not. Okay. But I saw, I saw several bays <laughs> in Tampa. Uh, I saw no creamsicles. No. No. Nope. Pirates? Nope. Nope. But I watched more suits on the plane. Suits on a plane. No, not. (laughs) 
I am tired of these Monday to Friday suits on this. No. We watched, this week we watched other Jack Ryan movies. We watched Patriot Games and we watched Clear and Present Danger. Todd, do you know who stars in those movies? Yeah, that's okay. So wait, so no, it's that, it's that new guy. The, mm, those would be the Harrison Ford ones. <laughs> those would be the Harrison Ford ones. Do you know what we also noticed about watching those? A lot of talky talky. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you've, if you've read the Tom Clancy books, they're very thick and there's a lot of exposition. <laughs> there is, there is. And yeah. I'm telling you, you gotta stick with it. If you haven't gone back to Jack Ryan, you gotta you just, I know there's a lot of talky talky, but it does get better. Trust me. Okay. And then we also started watching the Lincoln lawyer on Netflix. Okay. This is season two. This is the first five episodes of season two that dropped. We watched it in a weekend. Sweet. It's very good. Did you watch season one? Did not. No. Interesting trivia note. Maybe, maybe not. I thought it was interesting. Uh, did you watch Bosch? Lisa watched most of Bosch. Maybe not the final season. I was Bosch adjacent, but never actually watched any. <laughs> I'm like that with Outlander. Michael Connolly wrote the Bosch series. Okay. He, he also wrote the Lincoln Lawyer series. And these two characters are cousins, I believe. Mm. But because of rights, neither appears in the other series. But in the books, they're related. It's a it's a it's a it's a Sony Spider Man Marvel MCU kind of thing. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. The uh, MCU Michael Connolly universe. <laughs> so we watched that. How about you? Uh, on Sunday, we went uh, we went and saw Mission Impossible. Uh uh uh. Dead Reckoning Part One. Uh, hold on, let me let me fix the uh, there. Fix it. For typey, you. typey, 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 typey. You yeah. changed that to that was a lot of typing for a small change, but that was Mission Improbable. Yes, yes, it's not impossible. They always achieve their goal. It's just improbable. Uh, I believe you guys went and saw this as well. We did. Yes. Did you, I, it's a three hour movie. There's also it's three, it's three hours for part one. For, <laughs> hey, Peter know, Jackson, edit <laughs> there. I thought there was also some talky talky in this one that had they wanted to make it just one movie, they could have cut out some of the talky talky and gotten it down into just one movie. But if you're making two movies and you got six hours of time to kill, you know, different movie time to kill. Yeah. Different. Yep. Sorry. Don't get them confused. Different lawyer movie. I thought it was pretty entertaining. Did you think that some of the stunts looked like stunts that we had seen in other movies? Yeah. I mean a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
So, so a couple pieces. Yeah, I mean, a couple pieces of of just general feedback. I I read, I read it. I I I was on total media blackout for this entire thing. I I knew nothing about this other than uh, Tom Cruise wanted us to see this in theaters, and had a nice heartfelt message at the beginning of the me- of the movie. Anyway, one of the pieces, I did not know this, but this makes total sense. And this isn't the only movie. I I guess the last couple. So this movie was the screenplay was written by the same guy that wrote the screenplay for the last two Mission Impossible movies. And basically what he was given for this movie and the last couple of movies. Tom and his producing partners give him quote unquote set pieces, which are the stunts and the locations where the stunts need to happen. They give those to the screenwriter and then say, write a story to connect (laughs) the stunts. So, so what you're saying is mission impossible is a jukebox musical of stunts. Yes. (laughs) Mostly it's things that Tom goes, how can I do this and still be insured? We'll do it as part of a movie. Okay. Number two, to your point, the same article then said, let's be honest. The strengths of Mission Impossible movies have never been the plot. There are stunts and there's a thing that you got to go get that's but to get that thing you got to go over here and then the bad guy the bad guy is going to do something bad but you don't don't ever get into the detail they never get into the details don't and think actually they are. said that it's it's fine because they're behind behind the details there's nothing so just look it there's a baddie you know who the baddie is he wants to do something bad what is it uh, i don't know currency weapon I don't know something. We got to stop him. Well, how currency, do we stop him? Weapon, currency, weapon, whatever. Sure, right? Sure. What a, Day trading, <laughs> NFTs, board yacht, a, a board ape yachts, whatever. I don't know something. And the only way the plot makes sense somewhere in there is you basically have to have a MacGuffin for him to go get. Like right. he's got to go get this thing. Why does he have to get this thing? Well, because it stops the bad guy. How does it stop the bad guy? Don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. We haven't really thought that out. Anyway. <laughs> and by the way, uh-huh. those are great movies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're not like, I'm not saying that's I'm not saying yep. that's a bad thing. Nope. It is it is a series of stunts. You bring in some people, you're like, hey, there's Simon Pegg. Hey, there's Ving Rames, right? Oh, he's he's rappelling down a building. And he's getting the thing. What's the thing again? Doesn't matter. Yes. Cool. <laughs> What this article said is, to your point, the problem is in this movie, because they needed to fill it out, they spent more time explaining the plot, which is the worst possible thing they could do. (laughs) Nobody, Tom, nobody cares. No. (laughs) Go jump the bike. Go hang on to the plane. More of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, having having a group of people go around the room explaining the plot of the movie actually isn't helpful. Multiple times. Yes. Anyway, there's that. I will say we also had I'm not going no spoilers here. I'm not going to give any of this away. I will say at the end of the movie, 
and we know how I am with things. And I'm like, mm, that, <sighs> Lisa had a comment about the most implausible portion of the entire movie. I, it's in the previews, right? No, that the, that I don't. The villain, it's in the previews that the villain is AI, right? We're not okay. giving anything away to okay. know that the villain is AI. All right. Amy looks at me. You tell me if it's the same thing. Go, you go ahead. I'm pretty sure it's not. At one point, there is a plot mechanism. Uh, one of the scenes takes place on a train. This is train-related feedback. Is- <laughs> of, of all of the stupid crap that goes on and all of the stunts and the AI and everything else, Lisa said the train wouldn't do that. It, it's Lisa, just, said, Lisa, Lisa said. Lisa said the train wouldn't do that because after the thing happens, it keeps going and going, and that wouldn't happen given what we know about the train that they established that's not the way trains work, but I guess you have to let it go if you want to enjoy the movie. Okay, so Amy's complaint, mind you, the villain is AI. Simon Pegg. We're talking about practice? We're t- practice? Oh, sorry. Different, different AI. Different, different, different <laughs> AI. <laughs> Not a game. <laughs> Practice. <laughs> Simon Pegg is in a car. Yes. And he turns on the self-driving function. Yes. And the villain is AI. Why would you do that? And he looks at me. Self-driving car in an AI movie? Really? <laughs> like, don't think. Don't think too hard about it. Eat some more popcorn. You'll be fine. Yep. That was Amy's plausibility problem. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. We were still, we were still derailed by, well, sorry, I didn't even mean that. We were still derailed by the train problem to even, even, even get that. Sorry about that. (laughs) Which is different than the trolley problem. Yes. Yes. Completely different. Did you watch The Good Place? Are you familiar with the trolley problem? No, I thought you were referring to our trolley problem, not well, another trolley problem. Well, that's a different problem. trolley problem. Yeah, in the yeah. good place, the trolley problem is you're going down, you're you're on a track and you're you're driving the trolley mm. and there's a split and yep. there's one person on one side and there's five people on the yes. other side and it's a runaway trolley. And you have so to decide you have to where decide. to go. You kill one person who you know or five people that you don't know or I don't know. Anyway, yeah, the trolley problem. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm assuming that's probably going to be an episode two of Dead Reckoning. The other thing, by the way, we started watching. Uh, by the way, as you were pointing out, uh, we have to continue with Jack Ryan. We were like, "Hey, we need to watch something else," and we pulled up. If you we we do we watch everything on our on uh, through Apple TV, um, the app, the actual Apple TV box. And if you go into the Apple TV app on Apple TV. It knows what you've been watching on most of the other ones. So you can kind of like continue on Hulu or continue on Apple or or Amazon or wherever. And it has up next. And we started going through them. And basically up next was S1E2 of this one, S1E2 of that one, S1E2 of that. There were seven or eight that we had all watched episode one and went, 
yeah, we'll get back to it. <laughs> but on Apple TV plus on Apple TV on Apple TV, we started watching Shrinking, which has been out for quite a while. Is it Jason Segal? Yes. And uh, what's his name? Harrison Ford. <laughs> So, Somebody call me affiliates. We're going long this week. <laughs> it it is produced by Bill, the 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 executive producer from Scrubs and uh, Ted Lasso. Oh yeah, Bill Lawrence. Bill, yeah, yes. Bill Lawrence, and, yeah, and also from Ted Lasso, Brett Goldstein, and it is. Uh, it is a very, it's an interesting show. Uh, a number of people you uh, in my tech podcast realm said when this first came out, and this has been out for quite a while, but like six months, nine months, yeah. um, basically season one's all out. People said um, this is got a season one of Ted, season one of Ted Lasso feel to it. Oh. Not ex- like not not like a duplicate, but you can see there are the part, the good parts of season one of Ted Lasso. You can see parts of that in this one. Anyway, so far, highly, highly recommend. So um, we will probably actually watch all of season one on this one. So cool. As a matter of fact, we actually could have watched more of it and it was like, you know what? Uh, Let's stop at two tonight. Because uh, otherwise, we're going to watch all of them. And then the next night, we'll ba- be back to, now what do you want to watch? I don't know. We want, oh, season two of this. That sucked. Okay. How about, nope, not that. How about the night agent? No. No. Lisa's comment was when I told her, because now I have to tell her what's in the podcast because she's so far behind. Yeah. Uh, I said, yeah, I talked about Jack Ryan. And she's, and because we hadn't had this conversation. Uh, and she goes, yeah, what did you think? And I said, yeah, I, actually, to be honest, I kind of care more about what happens to the night agent than Jack Ryan at this point. And she goes, yeah, we can watch night agent. So, okay. Anyway, who knows? Thanks, Jack. Yeah. Okay. What did you, uh, what did you learn this week? At the 4th of July Pops concert that we do in Des Moines in front of the Capitol. Okay. The director. Is that where a bunch of grandfathers get together? Play kazoos? It's hey, Pops. Pops yeah. yeah. Hey, Pops. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That was uncalled for. I apologize. Please continue. The director announced that Des Moines has data supporting the claim that our Pops concert is the third biggest outdoor concert in America around the 4th of July, I have to believe after the Boston pops and the one on the DC mall. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. And I went, really? That's one of those that is hard to believe. And yet you're thinking how many people are competing for the third largest outdoor classical music concert adjacent to the 4th of July. I'm not calling you a liar because it doesn't sound right. But at the same point, I could see that maybe. (laughs) And I don't know that I care enough to go fact check it. You know what? It says you. (laughs) Fine, whatever. And here's the other thing. 
I have to believe that as we're listening back to this recording, Amy has already looked at me and says, how the would you know? You never go to the damn Pops concert <laughs> because I don't like people. <laughs> she loves this thing. She thinks this is awesome and would love to go every year and sit out and listen to the concert and listen to him shoot off the howitzers and all of this stuff. I mean, I, I will say this. You, you get yourself the 4th of July. You get yourself you get yourself a, a band, an orchestra. Uh, you get yourself some fireworks and you get yourself some John Philip Sousa and you let uh, you let Stars and Stripes forever rip. Right. And uh, and you get the howitzers to go off with it. Like, I mean, that's that's a pretty good time. I mean, yeah. Did you know that the 1812 overture that they normally play? Right. And they shoot off the howitzers at a certain point in the 1812 overture. Yeah. Is a Russian song. Just throwing okay. that out there. That you can put that in something you learned this week or probably <laughs> realized. I don't know. What do you got? Okay. Well, speaking of um, good thing you don't like people because we're going on Reg Bri next week and uh, they're trying to have 100,000 people ride a bike at the same time with us. So <sighs> uh, in 101 degree heat, this is getting better and better. However, I was looking at the Reg Bri pages and speaking of outdoor music, do you know that Reg Bri now has, maybe they've done this for the last as far as I know, it could have been for the last 33 years since we did it. I don't, this is new. Yeah. We've been doing it since 90. Oh, well, it's the new hell to me. Have you been? Sure. Why not? They have a, con- they do a concert series and they book acts at every town yeah. that you can go to. So I found the lineup for this, for this year. And, and I just want to, I'm going to throw out a couple of these and then get to what I learned. Saturday night in Sioux City, kicking the whole thing off. Spin Doctors. Okay. Little Miss can't be wrong. Good stuff. I, I don't know how long the concert's going to be because there's that and then and then what? Um, and two princes. <laughs> and then thanks, y'all. Have a good night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see. On Sunday in Storm Lake, you got the Spasmatics. On Monday in Carroll, you got the Pork Tornadoes. On Tuesday night in Ames, Hairball. Hairball is awesome. Okay. All right. They're going to be there. Amy Amy went to high school with the former lead singer of Hairball. There We've you seen go. Hairball several times. They're very good. There you go. Well, they're going to be in Ames. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to skip Des Moines on Wednesday and Tama Toledo on Thursday because this is what I've learned. On Friday in Coraville, Bush of of England, Bush, I believe, and then the announcement is coming soon for Davenport on Saturday, July 29th. Now, my thought is it probably needs to come soon because that's <laughs> that's that's rapidly approaching. You you can also buy VIP packages that will give you separate seating, separate concessions, and most importantly, some separate bathrooms. Ooh. However, and this is, this isn't exactly, uh, it was something like, um, each VIP ticket each night is $300 and then you can buy for the week. So yeah, if you want to see hairball from the VIP seats, anyway, here's what I learned. 
Wednesday in Des Moines. We will be there. We could go to this one. They've booked Leonard Skinnerd. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? What? There's still a thing? <laughs> I, did, I did not know they were still touring. Okay. Uh, or around to tour. Yeah. And then, and then Thursday night in Tama Toledo, we could also do this one if we wanted to hang out. Fog Hat. <laughs> anyway, so what I learned this week is turns out Skinnerd and Fog Hat are still touring. Way to go. And we, 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 we probably won't be seeing either one of them. <laughs> Unless, of course, they happen to be on the Segway in those days <laughs> and then we can get a private concert. <laughs> The music is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod. You can subscribe to our award-winning podcast with visiting scholar Todd Prince wherever you get your pods. Just search Talking in the number two, no Geno space. Please stop by and see us at the Tuba City Home Office, but not next week because Todd's going to be here. It's closed. It's closed. Home Close office. for Ragbri. Yep. Home office closed next week for Ragbri. So please don't do that. Thanks, as always, to our listeners and our sponsors, Toddler3187, who we will be eating pie with next week, the Taylor Center for Technology Policy, and DJ to go Cedar Valley and their food truck. So uh, send us your feedback. If you've got feedback, send it to feedback at talkingtotodd.com. Todd? The wet bulb temperature is a temperature read by a thermometer covered in water-soaked, water at ambient temperature, cloth, over which air is passed. At 100% relative humidity, the wet bulb temperature is equal to the air temperature, which is the dry bulb temperature. However, at lower humidity, the wet bulb temperature is lower than the dry bulb temperature because of evaporative cooling. Even heat-adapted people cannot carry out normal activities past a wet bulb temperature of 90 degrees Fahrenheit, which is equivalent to a heat index of 131 degrees Fahrenheit. A reading of 95 degrees Fahrenheit, equivalent to a heat index of 160 degrees Fahrenheit, is considered the theoretical human survivability limit for up to six hours of exposure. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't know how that helps because they're, they're actually saying to understand this, you now need to understand the heat index. Well, how do I understand the heat index? Oh, well, that's equivalent to the wet bulb temp. <sighs> Stay indoors. Get AC. Don't ride a bike when it's 101, you morons. <laughs> and for the love of God, don't play on black AstroTurf. <laughs> we'll be back next week with more content. Hot damn. <laughs> Sorry. Is that, is that the is that the drink or the thought of doing 130 miles in a hundred degree heat? Oh my god. How come your water bottle's full of bourbon? I don't want to live through this. <laughs>